Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Today, we have the full line. Jake, Haley, Lauren, what's up, everybody? Full squad. I love it. Hey, how we doing? Hello. I'm here. Uh, so yeah uh, if you are new to our show Jake is our fourth line mate this is our our complete crew we are so happy to have Jake back he's been you know things been crazy with him with school and work and he's been just super tied up and uh, you know real life comes first but we're so happy to have him back now so Jake welcome back to Snipe and Selly thank you for having me back it 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 has been a little bit uh about five, six weeks, I think. Um, but, you know, I've, I've still been keeping up with hockey. I've been keeping up with the bees more specifically. Um, you know, it just kind of sucks with the position that they're in right now. Uh, I know they've been struggling a little bit. I know Tuka's hurt. I know Krejci and Kasha are still hurt. Um, but, you, you know, they're just kind of relying too much on that perfection line still. And they really just <laughs> – the same story over and over again with the Bruins is they need secondary line help and they just can't find it. Uh, Nick Ritchie's kind of slowed down a little bit and Charlie Coyle's just, eh. but um, you know, the, the, the only positive is that they're still in fourth. They're still being competitive. Charlie McAvoy has been absolutely phenomenal this year. And um, other than that, really just Trent Frederick needs to beat the absolute hell out of Brandon Lemieux and uh, we'll be good. We'll be good. Yes. We are recording uh, right off the heels of the Bruins four nothing loss to the Rangers yesterday and uh, Brendan Lemieux, uh, as Lauren put it, Apple does not fall far from the tree. Uh, yeah, he, he is a scumbag. So we will, I'm sure we'll touch on that in a bit, but uh, yeah, time's a flat circle. The Bruins need secondary scoring. Imagine, have you heard that before? So <laughs> exactly. Stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the national hockey league and the hockey world as a whole, since the last time we all got together. And so, without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. So Jake kind of started a little bit already with his opening face-off, but since he's been away for a little bit, I want to go to him first. Anything to open up our show, Mr. Jake? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go a little bit more into depth of what I was talking about. Um, you know, the Bruins started off really hot. And, you know, just with the Tuca injury and everything like that, and just the lack of really any production other than that first line. It's just been kind of hard to really watch this team at times. I mean, I know they came out against the Rangers and had a 4 nothing win and then immediately turn around and lose 4 nothing. So it's just been kind of hard to watch at times, but they're still, there's, this is still a good team. And by no means am I like really bashing them by any means. That It's just they've gotten injuries at presumably a bad time. But the good outlook to this is that by the time the season rolls around and by the time the playoffs come, they'll presumably have a healthy roster. And that's the only thing that you can look forward to. Uh, Getting first in this East division was going to be tough. And the fact that they were in contention for it and still are is good. I don't think they'll end in first at this point. I didn't even think they would end in first to begin with. Um, But, you know, if they, if they can just get healthy at the right time and start heating up at the right time, this is going to be a good hockey team. It really is. And also a precursor for later in the video, I'm going after John Tortorella. So. <laughs> Let's go. 
<laughs> Jake has turned heel on torts. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we still got second half of the season uh, trade deadline in less than a month. So a lot is still going to happen between now and the end of the regular season in May before we start the Stanley Cup playoffs. So teams are going through kind of rough stretches here or there. The schedule's weird. It's kind of a weird year, but, you know, we'll see what happens with the Bruins and a, a bunch of other teams as they, you know, go through the, the, the dog days of, of their schedule. Lauren, do you have an opening face-off for us, uh, something else to get us started? I just want to shout out my 92-year-old grandma who's now fully vaccinated. Um, yeah. She got her second shot um, Friday, and she had no reaction to the second shot, which I was kind of worried about. So props to her. She's not disappointing me like the Bruins are, so that's always a good sign. Uh, shout out to grandma. Uh, just kicking the, the COVID vaccine, just like, yeah, it's nothing to her. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's seen some shit. So she's, she's good. <laughs> love that. Love to hear it. I, uh, I actually just got a text the other day that I'm in the pre, like the, the pre-registration period here in mass to potentially get vaccinated. Uh, so I didn't even know that I was eligible yet. Uh, so uh, eventually I might be getting it as well. And I'm excited about that. So Excellent. the sooner we all get vaccinated, the sooner we can all get uh, somewhat back to normal. Yes. Oh my God. Um, Hales, do you have an opening face-off uh, for us here as we uh, open up the show? Um, just that I can't give information on what I put an application in for, but that people should just keep me in their thoughts about it. Yeah. Hales is, uh, is you know, a few weeks away from potentially getting some really good news. So keep, uh, you know, send some positive vibes her way. Uh, we It would be very big for for her and for all of us if uh, if this goes well for her. So. I'm excited for her, for sure. For my opening face-off, I want to touch on, uh, you know, just thanking people again who listened to our last episode. It was very important for us to record, you know, talking about the, 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 the harsh reality with this game. It's uh, an entertaining game, but, you know, with a lot of head trauma, it can really weigh on, on players' post-career. And, you know, we recorded a week ago and we talked about the Mark Pavlich story about how, uh, you know, he, he passed away, unfortunately, in a mental health facility. As far as I know, to this point, we have still not gotten an official cause of death. And that's very unfortunate. That leads me to, belink, uh, bleh, leads me to believe that it's possible he took his own life. I really hope that that was not the case, but, you know, two and two could add together here. So I really do hope that people enjoyed our last episode that they take it to heart and they take mental health seriously even if they're not a professional athlete uh, mental health is very serious and if you missed our last episode we would encourage you to go back and listen to it um, you know the the NHL really does need to do some outreach in regards to you know players both as they're playing and then also uh, you know post-playing career making sure that they're okay um, and uh, and you know it's a fraternity of, of players. I hope that they, they continue to treat it as such. But with that being said, we do want to move on to our, our coast to coast news segment. And let's, let's get a little musical here. There's a, a tune that I want you all to listen to as we, uh, as we touch on our first news topic, the biggest news in the NHL this week.
my God, how great was that to hear? How excited are we? That is our first news topic of the day as we go coast to coast. The NHL is back on ESPN, an absolutely massive deal. We had spoken on previous episodes about the fact that the NHL's TV contract was set to expire and that there were going to be multiple networks bidding on the rights to broadcast the NHL, including Disney slash ABC slash ESPN. And we got the news you know, earlier this week that the NHL and ESPN have reached agreement on a seven-year agreement that's worth $2.8 billion. Just absolutely incredible news. Uh, you know, the ESPN, they, they broke out all of the, the, the promotional tweets. Uh, you know, they, they broke out the theme song again. Uh, you know, people are, are starting to clamor for Gary Thorne uh, to come back. It's, uh, listen, I've been critical of ESPN in the, in the past for them, you know, after they ceased their partnership with uh, the NHL, just pretending like it didn't exist for the most part on SportsCenter and, uh, and you know, in their overall coverage of, of the sports world. But since it now, they now have a vested interest in the NHL again, they are promoting the heck out of it. And, and you know, that's perfect, you know, make the sport more popular. So I could not be more excited. Before I go around to each of you and, and kind of get your thoughts, it, it is part of this agreement that there is going to be another network that still splits some of the coverage with ESPN as part of this agreement. So uh, ESPN slash ABC is network A. There's going to be network B. Many people believe that that is going to still be NBC. So NBC will retain some rights to distribute uh, and broadcast NHL games. If not, it could be another network. Who knows? But I think most people expect it to be NBC. So Jake, I want to go to you first, my friend. What were your thoughts when you saw this news come down? Uh, just the, you know, it, it, this is a big deal for the NHL because they're, I think they're making nearly a hundred million dollars more in this new TV agreement than their current one with NBC. So that's going to be more money for the league, more money to pay players. You know, what did you think? Uh, I think overall, this is a match made in heaven. ESPN over the past 10, 15 years or so has been kind of falling off a cliff. They've been kind of dying a little bit. You know, they're, they're, air a lot of college sports they air a lot of uh tennis and soccer and all that but in the american public more people are invested in you know most of the four major sports leagues you know the uh, nfl uh, nba mlb and nhl to boot and so espn going out and getting nhl not only is going to help shed them some light and give espn some mojo back that they haven't had in a long time it's also going to at the end of the day make the nhl a little bit bigger there's now this whole other news network whole other network in general that is now airing this this league and nbc didn't really do as well as they should have with the nhl in terms of promoting it and making it bigger and i get it not a lot of people are invested in hockey in the united states it's usually more football and baseball and basketball the NHL is kind of the redheaded stepchild when it comes to the four major sports here. But going to ESPN, it's only going to help grow. It's only going to help make them more money. It's only going to help ESPN make more money. And it, it's going to help hockey grow in more communities and, and just more have a global outreach more to the, the rest of the country and maybe the rest of the world. So it's, it's huge. It's absolutely big news. And it's, it's, it should be exciting. It's going to be very exciting to watch. As for announcers, I, I don't know. ESPN doesn't have a good track record with that. <laughs> but um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. 
Yeah, I mean, well, Jake, too, you are, you know, you're younger than the rest of us here in yeah. our, our crew. So you don't really remember the e, uh, the ESPN Thursday night hockey, uh, the, uh, ABC's Saturday afternoon uh, NHL matinees. Like, you, you didn't experience any of that, did you? No, I did not. I really didn't get into hockey until about 2010, 2011. And I believe they left ESPN by 07, 08, right? Even earlier than that, it was actually back oh, really? in uh, yeah, but the the O four lockout is uh, that's was oh, the, that was the one, oh, wow. partnership, yeah, yeah. So Jake only knows Barry Melrose as the the mulleted guy who who comes on every to Sports Center like every you know eight weeks to talk hockey for thirty seconds. Uh, but uh, he he'll probably be involved in ESPN's coverage of the NHL. Um, you know, Stephen A. Smith the other day was uh, you know promoting on Twitter how he was going to start talking hockey. I would love to see that, but I find that it's probably unlikely. Uh, Lauren, do you have fond memories of, you know, the, the old uh, Saturday matinee ABC games or, or, you know, Thursday night hockey on ESPN? Uh, you know, are, does this excite you from a nostalgia perspective or is it just, you know, hey, this is good news for the league. I really don't care, you know, where it's broadcast. Yeah, I think it's certainly good news. Um, definitely brings back some memories too, like especially Saturday afternoons. My grandmother would take me to Burger King and then we'd watch hockey. And if baseball was on that night, we'd watch baseball as well. So it was just like really, really cool to see. Obviously the commercials are hilarious and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but I just think it's great too for, for the NHL. I think that having it be, I don't want to say more accessible, but I just feel like everyone knows where to find ESPN. And it's not the same with NBC sports or NBC. Like everyone knows how to find ABC ESPN and all of that. So I think it's certainly going to help. And I think it's going to be something that more people tune into. It's like Thursday night football. Like you watch it cause it's on people might watch Thursday night hockey cause it's on. So I don't see this being anything but good news. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that, so I thought it would bring in an extra hundred million dollars in revenue to the league. It's actually more than that. So this agreement is going to pay the NHL just from uh, the, you know, let's call it Disney for lack of a better term. Uh, that's who's signing the paychecks at the end of the day. Uh, so Disney is going to be paying the NHL uh, around 420 million a season as network a essentially. And this is going to also allow them to, do uh, NHL on ESPN plus uh, maybe even on Hulu. I know that, you know, they're really pushing the Hulu live sports thing. So there's going to be a lot of streaming involved as well, but the yet to be decided, you know, knock on wood uh, network B is probably going to bring in close to $200 million uh, a season. So compared to the previous agreement or the current agreement that was paying the league roughly 340 million, this could end up being close to 300, between 250 and 300 million of additional revenue per season uh, to the NHL now. Like this, real, they really lucked out here. Uh, so that this could impact the salary cap. You know, teams can have some more money to spend. Uh, this really, this could not have gone any better. Hales, you know, do you want NBC to be the, the second network that retains rights to, to still distribute some NHL games? Do you like that broadcast or, you know, is there another network that you're thinking like, do you, do you want to see CBS get into to the hockey, uh, the hockey world? You know, I, look, I'm excited that ESPN is picking it back up as well. And I just don't care what network is on as long as it's on TV. I want to be able to watch it. I don't want to lose it again. You know, 
last year and the end of this the season ending abruptly and all that and then we've got the bubble I'm just happy to watch it so you know we even pay for the NHL app because we want to be able to watch all games our teams are not in Texas so we never can really see them on the TV anyway the more networks that have them maybe the more games that will be broadcasted and I am all for it everybody play hockey please I think this is this deal is probably best for people like you, Haley, who are transplanted sports fans uh, outside of the the, the market of, of the, you know, the team that you follow. Because if if there's a lot of games going to be on ESPN Plus and Hulu, that could probably supplant uh, or even you know take the place of like the NHL Center Ice, NHL TV packages. Uh, you know that they might become the main streaming partners uh, and have you know games available to a ton of people outside of market. So this could be huge for you as well. Yeah, maybe even save some money, which I don't know if the NHL will really like that if people cancel their NHL app and all that just because they can watch the team. They'll, they'll probably be like, you know what, never mind. We've got to take away some of these games because we're going to lose money. So if you're listening, shh, you didn't hear that. Yeah, I mean, well, based on the, the numbers that I just saw, I think that they'll I think they'll be okay with it. Uh, I think <laughs> they might uh, they might begrudgingly be okay with people using a different uh, streaming app as long as the check clears. Uh, but I. I just think this is this is huge news. Uh, so Gary Thorne the other day, and for anyone who's unfamiliar, Gary Thorne was the voice of, uh, of the NHL on ABC, uh, also did stuff for ESPN. And obviously when the, par- the, the partnership between the league and ESPN ended, uh, he hasn't called an NHL game since. Uh, but he did express the other day openness to returning uh, to, he has not heard anything from ESPN unless he's playing it very close to the vest. Uh, but I was just, you know, going through old videos on YouTube of, you know, Gary Thorne, some of his uh, in- incredible uh, goal calls. I need this to happen. I need Gary Thorne to return. He said he'd be open to returning, you know, Jake Lauren, you know, I guess more on Lauren's end, but uh, you know, do you want Gary Thorne back? Do you want, you know, ESPN to, you know, bring in like, you know, want to have Butchy Gras call games. Yeah. What do you think is the best uh, path to go for announcing? I think it's a very simple answer and that it's Gary Thorne. I mean, like you said, he was the voice. He was, you know, we've become accustomed to, you know, Joe Buck calling games, even Tony Romo calling football games. Like Gary Thorne is hockey. And if he does not come back, unless it's his own decision, then this is a huge mistake by ESPN already like that would not be good like a good way to start uh, not having Gary Thorne and like if he's not going to call the games you need to have him in some capacity you know like he's he's ESPN hockey and obviously ESPN hasn't done a ton of hockey coverage the last 10 12 years or so maybe even more and this would be this is a perfect opportunity to just be get right back in the NHL game like there's no one else that I want yeah and I think too like they got they have to have him back in some capacity even if it's just calling a a handful of games you see oftentimes with networks too they'll try and poach talent from other places uh you know you you know CBS and Fox for NFL coverage you see people just kind of like switching teams every uh, every now and then so I wonder if ABC slash ESPN they try and poach people from, you know, what will be the defunct NBC Sports Network. Uh, you know, obviously you have the main NBC uh, NHL coverage that uh, could still happen, but uh, NBC Sports Network itself apparently is going to cease existence. Uh, you know, the timing could not be 
uh, more telling for, for, for that announcement. So uh, I wonder if they try and pluck like a Liam McHugh to do their studio show. Uh, maybe they try and get, uh, you know, Kenny Albert uh, to, uh, to, to do some of their games. So I'm interested to see if they try and, and, and poach some talent from the NBC talent pool as of right now. But yeah, just you got to have Gary Thorne involved in some way, shape or form, uh, even if it's not, you know, permanently, you got to have the, that, you know, before Doc Emmerich t- stole all of our hearts with his amazing calls, you know, th- Gary Thorne was that guy. And anyone who is unfamiliar, just go back and, and watch on YouTube some, uh, some, you know, videos of his epic calls of uh, a Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, I, I still have it, it burned in my memory because as we covered in a previous episode, I was rooting so hard for the Colorado Avalanche. And so was Lauren a few towns over, it turns out. Uh, for uh, the the Avalanche and Raymond Bork to win a cup back in 2000. Uh, I just still have that etched in my memory, you know, after 22 years, Raymond Bork, uh, that was, you know, that was the great Gary Thorne on that call. So uh, it just, he's got to be involved in some way, shape or form. I'm I'm sure they'll make it happen. Uh, But I just, this is, this is big news. Uh, So the last thing I think we'll touch on before we move on here is uh, the financial aspect for the league, you know, this again could see the sca- the salary cap spike up in subsequent years. I don't know if they'll have it like smooth out over a, a couple of years and have a gradual buildup, or if they'll just say right away like, "Hey, by the way, each team now has like an extra fifteen million in salary cap space." You know, go hog wild, pay your players like crazy. Uh, you know, this could be huge for the league. So, you know, what are your expectations? Do you think that teams, uh, you know, could have go on a spending spree? Do you think they'll be reluctant to do so? This is going to change contracts in general around the, the NHL, you know, players are going to start getting paid more. Yeah. I think there'll be a rush to sign or extend specific players. Um, you know, you think of like the, the Martians, the Bergeons to keep him in Boston for the rest of his career. Pasternak, I know he's on an incredibly team friendly deal, but will they extend him longer? Um, give him a higher annual salary there. Um, but then, you know, I don't think, I think also this is great for the the bottom six forwards on teams, maybe the third pairing defensemen kind of to make a little more money when they probably deserve it. Um, It makes me wonder if we'll see team friendly deals just because if the salary cap raises, if there's going to be more money available, like will players be like, "Uh, I don't know. You have the money to pay me. Like I took a team friendly deal because there isn't the money and I like being here. But if I can get the money here, like pay me. Yeah. And so that, that's a point that I didn't consider, Lauren. And, as, uh, you know, kudos to you for bringing it up. The entry level, uh, you know, contracts uh, or, you know, minimum contracts. I wonder if the NHL moves right away to raise uh, those salaries with the salary cap, you know, presumably going to spike or if they try and keep it the same, uh, which could, annoy a lot of players coming coming into the league uh you know restructuring is not a thing in the nhl like the way it is in the nfl so you can't it's not like you can rip up people's current agreements and pay them more uh but to your point this could lead to a lot of teams saying hey we want to do right by you we have the cap going up we can sign you an extension that's going to pay you a lot more money but you know a few years down the line i wonder if that's the move that a lot of these teams take uh, you know, Jake Haley, any thoughts on you know, the financial ramifications that this could have uh, in the league before we move on? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, 
you know, it's definitely going to bring a lot of exposure to a lot of these players. Uh, it's going to bring more of a limelight to them, and they're going to get more quote-unquote public famous. And a lot of times, you know, your publicity plays a huge part in how much you're going to get paid. And, and to Lauren's point, it's going to help, you know, boost a lot of these players in, in the payday that they're going to get. Because a lot of guys in the NHL, uh, you know, they don't get paid much compared to the other four sports. I, I remember a couple of years ago, um, back in like maybe 2017, 2018, after Kelly Olynyk signed with the Miami Heat, he comparatively to the NHL would have been the highest paid NHL player in the league. And Kelly Olynyk by no means is good in the NBA, but just based on that payday, it, it was just such a disparity that all stars in one league weren't getting, you know, paid as much as they are in other leagues. And it, it, it all comes down to the exposure and how much publicity these leagues have. So the more publicity you're going to get for the, for the league, these teams, these players, the price tags is only going to go up. And th- because of that, the cap's going to go up. And we're going to see a lot of big contracts potentially in the next five, 10 years in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, it, at the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's huge for, for the league and to have, the worldwide leader in sports broadcasting games, you know, maybe it can bring in more fans too. I just think that it's, it's a win-win for everyone. Uh, you know, hopefully it helps grow the game at the end of the day. Hales, any uh, last thoughts on this, uh, on this landmark agreement? I feel like that's um, the biggest hope, right? Is just some more fans or people who maybe were fans and stopped watching, bring them back in. And I, I definitely think that the more access you have to it, the more likely you are going to be able to bring more people in. So it's a, I mean, it's a great thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of leagues that are trying to bring in more fans, just an absolutely perfect segue. We got word just after our, our last recording. Again, this is, this is one of the few drawbacks of just doing, you know, once a week shows, uh, <laughs> news breaks, uh, like maybe right after you record and you got to wait, you know, five, six days to talk about it, but excited to talk about it. Nonetheless, the NWHL, is resuming its season. We had talked on previous episodes after the, you know, the unfortunate shutdown in the Lake Placid bubble due to, uh, you know, COVID outbreaks, like, well, maybe they'll look to start things back up at a later date. No one had any news about that. You know, Lauren was scouring all of her sources to see like, Hey, any sort of resumption on, on the horizon crickets only to have the news come out that the NWHL is resuming its season. It's semifinals and finals. of The Isabel cup will be played on March 26th and 27th. So by the time you're listening to this episode, less than two weeks away. They will be played at the Warrior Ice Arena in Boston, which not only is where the Boston Bruins uh, hold their practices, uh, it's also where the Boston Pride call home. That is their home rink. And it is where I passed uh, driving home in the Mass Pike from work several times for years. Uh, I know it very well. I know the <laughs> the look from the from the Mass Pike uh, very well. Uh, but a really cool rank in there. And so the Toronto Six, the Minnesota Whitecaps, the Connecticut Whale, and the Boston Pride are the teams that will be resuming their season. Uh, the Metropolitan Riveters and the Buffalo Buttes are the uh, two who are eliminated completely. So we will just proceed with the Isabel Cup semifinals and finals. Just like before, the games are going to air live on NBC Sports Network. Discover is going to be the title sponsor. You know, we, we covered in one of our previous episodes, uh, you know, a, a fantastic partnership that the NWHL has made with Discover Financial. So they are still going to sponsor uh, the Isabel Cup. And there'll be no fans in attendance, but, you know, it, it's exactly what we were going to have before, uh, you know, a, a semifinals and finals on, uh, on NBCSN. 
And it turns out as well, and this is huge, especially for fans of the Toronto Six, uh, all of these games are going to be streamed on Twitch internationally. So, uh, you, know, it, you know, Toronto Six fans are not going to be shut out of being able to watch their team hopefully pursue uh, Isabel Cup title in their initial, their inaugural season. So this is huge for us. You know, we, we, you know, thanks, especially to Lauren, we have been you know, starting to cover the NWHL on this show and we're excited to be able to talk about it. And uh, so Lauren, I'll go to you first. You know, th- this is obviously huge news. Uh, you know, how excited are you? And do you think that the league is going to be able to just pick up where they left off? Because as we covered on last episodes, they were starting to see a huge bump in viewership on the Twitch streams. Uh, and, and, they had, you know, a little bit of a disruption here, but, you know, hopefully this gives the league the bump that uh, it really could, uh, could use having these games, uh, you know, broadcast nationally. Yeah, I think this is fantastic news for the NWHL. Of course, when they announced they were coming back, I was just like, well, are they still going to play on NBC? Like that was like such a huge part of them doing the short season and getting so many eyes on it. And when I went, when I went, you know, on Zoom to the media availability on Thursday, there was they were just so grateful to be able to continue to play on NBC, and you know, it's they're just like this is going to open so many doors for us, for young women, for young girls who want to play hockey, and I think that's what's so great is that it goes so much more like beyond them playing the game. Like they are playing the game because obviously they love it. And it's their passion. And hopefully one day it'll be their full-time job. But they're also out there inspiring, you know, five-year-old girls out there who want to play hockey. And they're, maybe they only watch the NHL in, in their household. Um, so I think this is great. I also don't think there's a Bruins game on the final day. So that is, I don't think there'll be competition there, um, which is even better for them. Like, you know, you want as many eyes on this as possible by all means necessary. Um, so I'm super excited. I think this is kind of a bit of a blessing in disguise for the Pride because they had, I mean, they had their own COVID issues too before the shutdown, but they had a couple of key injuries. Um, Jillian Dempsey hurt her shoulder, but she never missed any time, but she was certainly not 100%. Jenna Rolt broke her wrist. Um, I think I'm missing something else and I am so sorry for doing that, but you know, they are fully recovered. Paul Mara said that he is incredibly confident in his team. They're 100%. And it's exciting for them, too, because they get to play on their home ice. They get to – sure, sure, there'll be no fans, but it'll be the comfort of that arena, the home ice, and just kind of picking up where they left off. They ended the season so, so hot, like 13 goals in their final two games. Um, and it just stopped. So hopefully they can get right back in it, pick up right where they left off. And I, I think that Pride are going to be very dangerous. I mean, especially 2020, they got their Isabel Cup final game canceled. Um, so they were not, they were thinking like, oh, here we go again, like two years in a row. They can't happen again. So I think that they're going to be hungry. Jillian Dempsey said too, you know, she hasn't won an Isabel Cup since the inaugural season. So she wants another one. The Pride won another one. And it's just going to be really, really good for for viewership, for NBC, and for the league. Like, this is fantastic. Just, it's a major network. It's the first time that I, women's hockey is going to get aired on a major network, uh, professional women's hockey. So this is really, really huge. Um, and I, I don't know if there was talks before, you know, when they were planning to come back, if they could 
still be on NBC, but I think that's great that NBC still still wanted it after, I don't know, two months, three months. Yeah, it's fantastic that they followed up, uh, followed through on that promise uh, to the NWHL and, and are still going to broadcast these games. I, I think that's fantastic. I think it'll do a, a lot to help grow the game. Uh, again, the, the, we saw the numbers from the Twitch streams that were just steadily increasing each, uh, you know, each, each game that was played. So I hope that this gives the league a much-needed bump. The NWHL has been – and, again, if you're not following them on social, we recommend that you do so – They've been uh, doing a lot of rewinds, uh, you know, showing uh, old classic games from a few years ago. Uh, they've been showing highlights. You know, the NWHL is very good on social media. They're uh, engaging their fans in a, a, an excellent way, in a way that the, I wish the NHL would, to be, to be perfectly honest. So uh, definitely give your support to this league as they, they get uh, restarted here. I think, uh, that, I think that's a huge thing, too, like social media. You know, you people at NHL teams all the time and at the Red Sox and the the Bruins all the time and some teams I know our abs respond to their adoring and number one fans but the the NWHL they do so good they're so fun and they're just so in tune with their fans and I think other professional leagues who who run their social media accounts they need to take note just because it's it's such a fun way to get involved and make I know it's just a Twitter account but it makes them relatable and it's like oh, they're not just a boring Twitter account that tweets out the score and highlight post here and there. Like they're not, they're never active besides that. Like this is such, it's so fun just because they're, I mean, they're beefing with each other. The teams are going at each other and they're including fans. They're always like just being very inclusive. And I think that other professional leagues need to look at what they're doing. They really do. Uh, like you never want to go full Wendy's in terms of how you interact with people on, on, uh, on Twitter. But uh, if you can go like, you know, 75, 80% of Wendy's, uh, that, that's a good, uh, I think that's a good mix to, to hit, uh, you know, to, to engage with people, uh, you know, stir the pot a little bit uh, and, you know, get them talking about your league. Uh, so Hales, I'm going to put you on the spot um, because you were in the middle of trying to pick your NWHL team. And then we had, uh, you know, the, the disruption and, I'm going to assume that any progress towards narrowing down that field kind of stopped. So out of the four teams that are taking part in the Isabel cup semifinals, the Toronto six, the Minnesota Whitecaps, Connecticut whale and the Boston pride is one of these going to be your team. Who will you be supporting uh, throughout uh, you know, this, uh, these semifinals? So I'm going to be supporting the Boston pride for these semifinals uh, because it is between Boston pride and the riveters anyway, for my main team. And I was just on the website trying to look at the jerseys because like, I want to support them. I want to wear their gear while I do this. And we've got a little over two weeks, so I have time to get one in and I don't see the pride on there. I'm kind of sad about that. So I might just have to get like a t-shirt, but I, I need to know where I can find Boston Pride jersey now if anybody can help that's interesting I I think that they were selling them maybe they sold out quickly I, I remember seeing that all teams were selling jerseys a few weeks back I'm on the NWHL store and I'm going to shop my team and I will keep you updated but yes I am going for Boston Pride I'm really excited they're kind of like they're playing at their home ice you know like there's not really home advantage because there's no fans or anything there there's no fans there um but it's really cool that they get to be there 
and play on their home ice and hopefully win. And just the fact that they're going to be like broadcast is on television. People are going to be able to see it. Little girls who want to be hockey players are going to watch this and it's going to make them want to be a part of it. Like that just makes me so happy. I'm so, so glad it's back. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And listen, let's not belittle the home ice advantage, even without fans, you know, anyone who's played hockey before knows, you know, that ice, like, you, you know, the, the, the way the puck, uh, you know, ricochets off the boards better than, than the other teams. So uh, the, the pride could definitely take that to their advantage. Let's say, yeah, let's not just miss that out of hand, even with no fans. Uh, it could make a difference for them playing at warrior ice arena. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see what uh, kind of impact that makes. Jake, have you, uh, you know, I, I know that you haven't been, on with us while we've been kind of covering the league uh, in, in general. I know that when we first started talking about it, you were still with us. So when the season you know, started up and then, uh, you know, pause, were you watching games on Twitch? Did you have any time to, to see some of the action that was developing on the ice? Uh, I kept up a little bit. Uh, I would watch some here and there um, in between doing homework and such, but I was really keeping up with most of my, my NWHL news on Twitter. And actually, surprisingly enough, I have more, I have more Toronto six news on my timeline than I do Boston pride. And it's kind of funny for me because I, I don't even know why I don't know who's retweeting it. I don't even know why it's on my feed. Cause I don't follow them. But um, well, once the season kind of also uh, digressed and paused, I, I kind of just, just like was like bye, almost. And I kind of shut it out a little bit and prioritize a little bit more things. So I haven't really kept up with it as much as I would have liked to. Um, but just to see that they're resuming again gives me a, a great opportunity to get back into it and start actually paying more attention now that I have everything prioritized and situated. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and again, I don't know what the the broadcast situation is going to be for the, for the league moving forward. Uh, you know, following the the Isabel Cup, I don't know if they're going to be partnered again with Twitch next season. But again, I cannot uh, speak highly. Uh, yeah, I cannot speak highly enough about the experience, the viewer experience when watching on Twitch. Uh, the chat uh, comment section was free of any trolling. Uh, it seems like they eliminated any bots from the, the equation too. It was just people enjoying the, the sport, genuinely having fun. Uh, it was a great user, user experience. And for anyone who's trying to get into a league and doesn't want to deal with you know, toxicity or just the same annoying comments that you see on Twitter, uh, you know, during games, you know, I would encourage you to check out the NWHL Twitch stream during games. Uh, you know, if they are going to be streaming the games on Twitch locally, uh, in, in addition to internationally, maybe check out the, the Twitch stream for a period uh, and switch over to NBCSN for, for the other couple. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a good experience. Hales, did you have uh, something, something to say there? No, I found that bostonpridehockey.com and that's where you can buy their gear so they're not actually on the nwhl one there's only four teams on that one which i find to be kind of weird uh, but the jerseys cost the same and they have t-shirts and they have face coverings they have everything if you're a boston pride fan i just need maybe lauren's help deciding which player i need to to buy for um I that's a tough one um I know if you I'll have to check on the jerseys but if I know um 
or I believe Sammy Davis, any proceeds go to the Travis Roy Foundation. If you purchase her, I know if you purchase her jersey, I'm not sure if the same thing goes for the jersey. Um, but I mean, Jillian Dempsey, Kaylee Fratkin, those, those, those three like come to mind. They've just been so, so solid this season. I mean, Dempsey's been in the league since it started. She's, you know, an OG. So she's, you can never go wrong with her. Um, you really can't go wrong with anyone. I mean, it's such a full team, like complete team. And it's just, oh, I, I wish we could just buy them all. I know. They're so nice. If you they're so nice. iPhone, like the, the yellow one and then the black with into the yellow. That yeah. is so cool to me. So for our listeners out there, just search bostonpridehockey.com if you want to, to buy a jersey. Yeah, and listen – we're going to do another Snipe and Selly giveaway at some point. So if someone wants to win an NWHL jersey, maybe there will be an opportunity for you to do so. So we'll, you'll have to stay tuned that uh, you know, any potential giveaways might be coming up soon. But the last piece of news that I wanted to touch on, uh, and it could even spark into a little bit of a discussion here, because uh, I, I found this news peculiar when it first dropped months ago. And now that it's kind of resurfacing again, I, I, um, I have an eyebrow raised. You can't see me right now if you're listening, but I, my eyebrow is raised. Uh, so Nikita Kucherov, who is you know, a tremendous player for the Tampa Bay Lightning, has missed the entire season to this point. As we covered on previous episodes of Snipe and Selly, the Tampa Bay Lightning were very much in a salary cap predicament. Uh, very little flexibility to add to their roster or even just, you know, be in compliance with the salary cap. And they decided to put Kucherov, who you know was recovering from surgery, on long-term injured reserve. For anyone who's not, you know, uh, a nerd like me and super into salary cap stuff, basically if you place a player on long-term injured reserve, their salary does not count against your books uh, as long as they're on long-term IR. So, teams will often use this as ways to generate more salary cap space. And it doing so allowed the lightning to be able to, you know, to stay in compliance, but also, you know, add to their roster. And once the playoffs start, there's no such thing as a salary cap. You don't need to be in compliance. You can, you know, call up whoever you need to. So many people think that the lightning could, you know, just be, keep stashing Kucherov on IR knowing that, you know, they'll probably be good enough to get through the regular season make the playoffs and then have him available. And the news over the last couple of days is that he's starting to skate again. He might be ready to return. Now we still have just under two months left of, of hockey to play. Are the Tampa Bay lightning going to just keep a completely healthy and ready to go Nikita Kucherov on long-term injured reserve uh, to get around the salary cap? I think it's worth discussing. Uh, so, you know, Jake, do you think this is something that the, the Lightning should be able to get away with if it's, you know, proven that Kucherov is healthy to return to action and they're just holding him out of games? Yeah, I think it's definitely plausible. But um, since I haven't been here in a while, I, I, I have a tradition sometimes where I like to throw on the tinfoil hat. So uh, I'm going to throw on the tinfoil hat for a second. So I, I have just come to the conclusion within the past, like, three minutes that Tampa Bay, when they put him on long-term IR, they did this with the sole-hearted decision that they were going to get him pretty much off the books for this year so they don't have to worry about his cap hit. That way they can come into compliance. That way they could not have to worry about moving any pieces around and, you know, trickling with, with the line depth. So 
with Kucherov's hip injury, it, it, it is going to take him a while. And the fact that he's actually skating right now is, is huge. But I don't, I don't think he'd actually be ready. And I think Tampa Bay kind of knows he won't be ready come playoff time. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the effort to try to force him back from an injury like that. Or not even an injury, just a hip surgery to rush him back. And then he just is not healthy. He strains something. He has a setback. And now he has to sit out even longer. I don't think Tampa Bay wants to afford that. So what I think Tampa Bay has in full mind is they're going to keep him on long-term IR as long as they can, no pun intended, um, and eventually turn around come next season, and they're going to make some very big roster decisions. And at this point, I believe it has come to full well or consideration that Tampa Bay doesn't want to take the risk of him coming back and not being good enough and just having him on the books even longer and then setting him free eventually they don't want to have a brent uh brent seabrook situation like chicago did after the 2013 uh stanley cup final where they just decided to dish him seven eight million dollars even though he was 35 years old which is absolutely stupid but anyways i think they're going to go into next season very much considering should they trade him or should they take the chance and have him come back and depending on how his hip holds up, is he going to still be Nikita Kucherov or not? Now, hindsight is telling me that he, he probably will come back and be fine and none of this will happen, but it's nice to throw on the tinfoil hat once in a while and have fun with this. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's the purpose of even having this discussion. Uh, it, it's, I'm, I disagree with you in the sense that I, I do think that they intend to bring him back. Uh, I, I, I agree that I, that, he's probably they're, they're taking it slow with him and that there's a, a chance that he's not ready for uh, you know, the next month or so, but I think they fully intend on having him available for the playoffs and that you know, they're using a salary cap technicality to, uh, to, to get around that. Lauren, do you think that Kucherov is going to be, you know, magically like, you know, playoff Stanley cup playoffs game one, uh, you know, he, he's out there, he looks 110%. And do you think that that, other teams will have something to kind of gripe about if that's the case. Uh, I certainly think that teams will have a gripe. I think they, they have a gripe right now. You know, he's one of their best players. They avoided cap hell. Um, and, it, you know, Kucherov's injury there really stopped the Lightning from making a huge move um, to make room for him in his cap hit. So it really worked in their favor, but – I don't think the Lightning bring him back unless he's 110% healthy. Take it slow. It's not worth the risk. Um, and just make sure he's good to go because you don't want him to come back too soon, even if he feels ready, even if he's cleared, have a setback, and then he's out for the playoffs. I, I think the Lightning know they're going to make the playoffs. And if they can, you know, manipulate the salary cap, all the power to them. I'd be a hypocrite because I'm all for like manipulating the salary cap and be like, but, but not that way. But you know, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's, I wonder if teams will be, have something to say about it. I wonder if this is going to be kind of addressed going forward. Obviously we don't see this all the time, but it, it's going to be interesting. It's great that he's skating. Um, I just hope they take it really, really slow with him because you want your best team going forward in the playoffs and you want them all healthy. Yeah, absolutely. It's again, and I, I definitely put want to put emphasis on. I hope that Kucherov is is you know 
getting healthy and he's taking all the time that he needs. Uh, I'm just on one level. I'm I'm just uh, a little suspicious. I'm a little suspicious that, uh, that, you know, he could be 110% come Stanley cup playoff time. And then, you know, we find out that it's possible that he could have been playing games, uh, you know, as recently as, you know, a, a month before the, the playoffs started. Haley, do you think the team should be allowed to exploit a technicality like this? You know, like as Lauren said, it, it's technically within the rules to have the salary not count against their books. But, you know, if someone is available to play and they're intentionally held out of games, you know, do you think that's something that requires a rule change? You know, I know it's hard because we see this in football, right? We see teams that exploit kind of loopholes in the rules and then they they make rules to cancel those loopholes because they don't want those being used. So it's if not against the rules, right? So it can happen. They can do it if they want to do it. And is it maybe not the best decision or maybe make some people mad? Yeah, but they're not actually breaking the rules. I do think that things like that will probably be looked at and it could potentially be a rule change. They're going to look at everything that are considered loopholes and change them so that people can't exploit those types of things. But if you can find those loopholes and do them, I mean, I guess props to you. It's just kind of sketchy. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but. Yeah, sketchy is definitely the, the, the right word to use. I just, I think there's benefits to having a, uh, a rule like this in place uh, where, you know, it, you know, the Bruins for years benefited from not having to count Mark Savard's contract on their books because he legitimately could not play hockey. Uh, you know, he had a concussion uh, due to Matt Cook uh, being a scumbag uh, <laughs> and, you know, was unavailable to, to play and, you know, being able to have that credit on your salary cap allows you to you know, stay competitive and, and be able to make other moves. I just, I, and maybe I'm being hypocritical because I hate the Tampa Bay lightning, but I just feel like being able to say, Oh, this guy's recovering from surgery. We're going to hold him out of games. Uh, and that is what allows us to stay salary cap compliant. That just doesn't sit well with me. I feel like it's one thing you just earn a little extra space for someone who legitimately can't help your team. But when it, this just seems like, uh, Hey, we're going to take advantage of this. And then I, I swear if, Game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs comes around and Nikita Kucherov is out there and he scores two goals in, in a lightning victory. People will be hearing from me, all right? Uh, you, you have that uh, on the record, uh, March 14th, Pi Day. Uh, you, are, you will be hearing from me, NHL fans, uh, even if you don't want to. But, I mean, hey, shout out to the, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were able to raise their Stanley Cup banner. Uh, for you know the, they waited until you know halfway through the season because they wanted some fans in the stands and they were able to have you know limited capacity they they were able to have some fans in their building and raise their Stanley Cup banner and that's what brings us to our next topic we really have done excellent with segues today uh, it has been just over one year uh, March uh, 11th I believe was the official um, one-year anniversary of the NHL's shutdown due to uh, COVID-19 when NBA player Rudy Gobert turned the world upside down by testing positive, being the first major athlete to test positive for the coronavirus. So the NHL were just over a year since the initial shutdown. A lot has happened. Uh, You know, we had a season interrupted. We had a bubble resumption uh, back in August. Uh, a fantastic bubble playoffs that went really, really well. Uh, a surprise run to the cup final by the Dallas Stars, who were reverse jinxed there by me. Uh, a, a lightning a victory, a team that many people thought, you know, 
should win the cup, did win the cup. And we've had a lot of uncertainty in the months since that, that season ended. We didn't know when we were going to get a season. We eventually got a condensed 56 game season. We had realigned divisions. We have, uh, you know, COVID, uh, you know, shutdowns having, you know, some teams play like, you know, eight or nine fewer games than others. It's been very weird. So I just wanted to go around to, you know, each one of my line mates and, you know, everyone kind of reflect on the year that has transpired uh, from specifically from a hockey perspective and your hockey fandom. Uh, So Hales, we'll start with you first, you know, just this last year has just been super chaotic. You know, do you remember how things were going when the NHL shut down, you know, your flyers were in the middle of a, a super hot run and it did continue for them in the bubble, but you know, that, that was, it had to have been a little disappointing. Yeah. I mean, they were doing, I mean, they were playing incredible and they did for in the bubble for the most part until their last series where they forgot how to play hockey. But um, yeah, I mean, everybody, every hockey fan had to have been disappointed whether or not your team was doing well. I mean, you're just, if you're a big hockey fan or even a little hockey fan, if you enjoy watching it and then it's taken away from you over something like, you know, a pandemic where you don't know when it's coming back, that is stressful because, you know, of course we didn't lose just hockey. We lost all sports and all concerts and everything. And I think that sports in general, when they started to come back, when the bubble came back, that gave people like something to do, right? You still couldn't really go out and do a whole lot. You didn't, you couldn't go see any sports or concerts or anything in person, but at least we had some hockey games back. And I felt like that they were taking the necessary steps to make sure we didn't lose the bubble play either. Like we'd already lost the season. And so if, if the bubble would have shut down too, I think people would have been so mad. You get it back and then you lose it again. And so I was really happy to see them not um, have any problems inside the bubble. I feel like there was so much that happened this last year. I mean, so much that happened in the bubble. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay did win um, the cup. Didn't like that. (laughs) um, But then this year we got, you know, the Lake Tahoe games and we were able to resume. There's been some iffy decisions on COVID protocols and the Flyers really haven't, I mean, they've been okay in my opinion. I just feel like they were hot. They were hot in the bubble for a while. They came out in the beginning of this season, even doing really well. And then they met the Bruins and just completely bombed like every game that they played the Bruins. So I've been pretty disappointed in them. And that's made it kind of like, I don't know, sucky. You know, you're, you're so excited. You're cheering for your team. And then all of a sudden they start doing crappy and you're like, come on, do something. Poke with a stick, right? A little meme. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> But overall, I mean, just you start out like devastated hockey ends. You're really excited it came back. Thanks to you, I got my first hockey jersey. So all in all, it was still great in my opinion. I still We still got a lot of amazing games. We got, you know, that one game that went into what was it, like five overtimes in the bubble. There's been some really cool moments that we've gotten since it. And so it sucks. And I wish that, that COVID in general never happened to anybody because we've lost a lot of lives to it but also just wish hockey hadn't had ended how it did we did get some bright spots out of it 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been chaotic, but you know, at least we have the game back and, you know, we're able to enjoy it now. Lauren, for the rest of us, this, you know, this COVID pause, you know, interrupted our, our fandom and uh, you know, it was disappointing for us, you know, because it was something that we watch in our free time. This legitimately interrupted your professional life. Uh, You know, the, the disruption of sports in general, but specifically uh, hockey and the Bruins what has it been like for you? Uh, because it's, it can't be easy dealing with just this ever evolving way that you need to go about, you know, covering uh, teams. Yeah, it's been a wild year. And it's crazy to think that it's been a whole year. I just remember working um, when the NBA announced it was being suspended. And it was crazy then because we didn't know anything about COVID. We didn't know if it was just like the flu, if it was more serious, why is it spreading so fast? And we had people at the Utah Jazz Celtics game. So then it becomes, do we have to quarantine? Do I, can I get tested? Can I even get a test? Um, so the first couple of weeks and, or days really was just so stressful because, I mean, we were busy because everyone was putting out statements. Everyone was making their announcements and it was, everyone was posting on Instagram how they felt. Um, so it was, you know, the first couple of days, very stressful because we went from being in the office, being on site to being at home. Um, and I was living in a very small 300 square foot apartment at the time. Um, and then Derek started working from home too. And it is not easy to produce a television show from your living room when somebody else is trying to work or cook or just be lazy. Um, But, you know, if you told me a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago, that you're one day in your third, like going into your third year at Nesson, you're going to be covering the Stanley Cup finals from your couch. I'd be like, okay, you're crazy. Like, (laughs) I think you need to go outside and get some fresh air. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think overall, I think the leagues as a whole have done a fantastic job in making players and coaches accessible. Um, it, it does suck because it's on zoom and, you know, we're not in the locker room. We're not with the players right after you don't really get to make those one-on-one connections via zoom, but they're doing the best they can. And I'm so happy that there's finally a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know what it means for working from home because I think, and, and this goes for everyone who's working from home. Like, will other companies adapt to this because they're realizing, everyone can do their job without interruption from home um, when, when it's available to them, you know, not obviously not everybody can work from home, but it's just been a wild year. Um, And like I said, I'm so happy that there's a light at the end of this tunnel because I love working from home in some weeks just because it's, it's easy. I don't have to get in the car and drive. I don't drive anymore. And but I miss the atmosphere. I miss seeing the other media members. I miss my coworkers. Like I just miss seeing people and being social um, every single day. It's, and it's just bizarre that I'm still sitting down on my couch three or four times a week to cover the Bruins from my couch, (laughs) just watching it on TV. And I was like, I don't know why they never did this to begin with. I'm glad that they didn't because it's really really fun to be there and like I said be in the locker room and get that adrenaline rush but 
you don't get that adrenaline rush via Zoom. Like no matter how exciting the win, no matter how bad the loss, you don't you don't get that. You as mad as Bruce Cassidy can be, it's more fun to see that in person because you see that that animated person, you see the expressions. Um, but man, if we're here a year later, going forward in 2022 and we're having the same conversation, I'm probably going to throw a fit. Like, uh, that, that's going to be too much home for me. Yeah, uh, absolutely, indubitably. I, I concur with you there, Lauren. And I want to talk to everyone about the prospect of getting back to live games. But, uh, you know, before I go to, you know, both Jake and Hales, Lauren, for you specifically, do you think that, or, or has this not even been broached yet, uh, you know, as the majority of the public gets vaccinated and we get, you know, hopefully closer to some form of normalcy again, you know, do you think that Nesson or other, uh, you know, other networks are going to be very quick to get people back to the status quo, get, get back into arenas, back into locker rooms, uh, back, you know, you know, doing the job the way you used to. Will you think they might adopt some sort of a hybrid method where maybe, you know, more work is still done remotely, uh, but, you know, with fewer restrictions, uh, you know, what do you think might happen? I think it's going to be different. Um, what that different is, I don't know, but I personally think that the players, enjoy being on zoom because they're not surrounded by a huge media scrum especially in in the playoffs um kind of gives them a little bit more comfort and a little more like less stress you know they they're no one's yelling over people to answer ask questions and all that so um i think that i think a lot of media companies are going to reevaluate how they like what their day-to-day is with their sideline reporters, with their play-by-play. Like, I think they're realizing that, do they need to be there? No, they don't. But it, you know, makes for the experience. I think, I think play-by-play, it's going to be hard to not be like, oh yeah, you can do it, but from your home, like that's, it's fine to do that, but it's not, in my opinion, not sustainable for like a play-by-play or color uh, analyst or anything like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of hybrid model where, you know, maybe we don't go into the office, but maybe we go on site every now and then. Um, I'm very curious because, you know, my department too was very lucky, even though there were no sports, you know, we didn't have to panic about how are we going to do our jobs from home? Because we open up our laptops and we log in and we work from home. Like we, without interruption, minus like the sports being shut down, like there was no huge adjustment like we're able to work from home we're able to work from anywhere and I think that's a really great thing about my job um but and I think that companies all over are realizing it I mean I know we don't really have sideline reporters right now because of COVID but will they even have them going forward you know like NBC Sports doesn't have Abby Chin on the sideline anymore they have her on the desk and it's it makes you think just because like, is there a need for these, for these reporters? And no, there's not a need, but there's, you know, that's how people get their news and it's how people want to, it's people, you know, it gives the people a break from seeing players and, you know, they get in-game injury reports from those reporters. But I think it's, I don't think it's going to go back to what it was. I'll be shocked if it does. I hope it does, but I don't, I don't think it will. I think it's just going to look very, very different. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, 
I think that the world has been forever changed. And even when we get back to some form of normalcy, a lot of things in business perspective, entertainment perspective will be different. So I, I totally agree with you there, Lauren. As for myself, I, so I'm going to be making my grand return to the TD Garden on March 31st. For the first time in a little over a year, I'll be attending a sporting event. Won't be a Bruins game, although if uh, you know there are fans allowed in the stands for the Bruins, I'm going to make sure that I get to a game. Uh, but I will be going to a Celtics game. As a Celtics season ticket holder, I was given the ability to to return uh, to the TD Garden. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'll be doing that on the 31st. So I, I personally, I have been observant of wearing masks everywhere. Uh, I, you know, socially distant, I've been compliant, uh, but I, I will go out of my way to get back to games if I am able to do so safely. And so I'm excited to do that. Jake, I want to go to you first, you know, as you know, more people get vaccinated, are you going to see if you can get back to games right away? Like, do you, you know, do you want to get back to TD Garden uh, if fans are going to be allowed at a Bruins game, like um, that, have that experience? Actually, I have the opportunity to go to City Field in May for a Mets Red Sox game, and it still depends uh, if I even do want to go. I don't know if I want to really travel down that far and just risk it in general. Um, but you know, the fact that some stadiums are opening up is definitely good signs, but, uh, just in terms of myself, while it is nice that I do have the opportunity, it really boils down to if I want to actually tempt fate or not. Um, so for me personally, I don't know, uh, if I would be comfortable with returning just as quickly as the opportunity arises for it. Um, but it's, it's a nice opportunity for people to get out of the house and, you know, go do something where they don't have to just be cooped up inside and, you know, just have the, just go out and get some fresh air, so to speak, pretty much. Um, it's going to be nice for some people. It's going to be a bit bothersome for others. For others, they just like myself, don't want to take the risk. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally get that. And just over this last year, as it relates to hockey, you know, what uh, what has been your impressions of how the league has gone about, uh, you know, trying to continue to, to play, uh, you know, between the bubble playoffs and, and uh, the season? We really haven't gotten your thoughts on how this particular season has gone with the different divisions and, uh, and you know, the different cancellations. You know, how do you think the league has handled it? Um, well, the fact that Jordan Biddington got paid really pisses me off. Because um, <laughs> a year ago, he, he was not paid and – you know, now here we are present day and he has a six year, $36 million deal. So, you know, but um, no, other, other than that, uh, to get serious, the, the league, the NHL is probably really the only league that kind of impressed me with how they handled everything from the get go. Um, you know, and, you know, personally as a Bruins fan, we saw how the bubble worked out for us. Um, you know, had you told me a year ago at this time, had anything, you know, pre stoppage of the league and everything if you had told me that the Tampa Bay Lightning would have been 2020 champs I probably would have been a little bit upset with you and probably tried to would have started an argument with you and uh you know now here we are but it's, it's just the way it is um you know unfortunately what happened happened but the the league came out and they implemented a bubble teams come in for the three four months that they were there and you know you can't leave you can't do anything you were here to play hockey and you know kudos to them for when it boils down to getting business done, they got business done. But uh, as we saw, a lot of players were unhappy with that. And you, that's not a 
you know, sound business tactic other than just that one time implementation of it where you got the playoffs done and championship done and you got your revenue and now you can go and rework out how you're going to deal with the season this year. And they did, they realigned all the divisions. They realigned the whole playoff format and they realigned the entire season as well. And I'm sure they didn't want to do that. And going forward, I don't know if the division alignment is going to maintain itself because honestly that the Canadian division just stinks. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if I can watch the Canucks lose to the Habs anymore. And it's just really bothering me because they can't, they can't beat the Habs. But re- regardless of that, um, you know, for what the, the cards that they were dealt, they did good with it. So you, you, you can't fault them for trying. You can't fault them for doing what they had to do with the hand that they were dealt with. And they did a very good job implementing what they had to. So kudos to the NHL uh, going forward. We'll see if they return back to their original divisions or if they consider a, you know, permanent realignment where they can situate teams more uh, geographically compared to where they are in their actual divisions. And we'll see if they even go back to an 82 game season. Uh, It's really going to depend on how, COVID transgressions throughout the future and it's going to depend on how uh, well this season's going to be received after it's all said and done. Yeah, and Gary Bettman does say, uh, he said just as recently as the other day that he expects next season to begin around on time. So sometime in, in you know, early to mid-October. Uh, so hopefully with, uh, you know, in front of fans, uh, no answer as to whether the divisions will revert back to where they were previously. But, uh, you know, hopefully, the you know, the we can get through this season. Uh, we can crown a champion and things can go back to some, some form of normalcy, uh, especially as it uh, relates to hockey next year. So that, that is definitely Gary Bettman's plan. Uh, so Haley, before we move on, uh, I did want to, I think I know your answer here, uh, but uh, you know, I, I want you to share it with our listeners, uh, you know, getting back to live sporting events, something that you're looking forward to. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I'll just preface that with, I am vaccinated fully at both shots already. It's been, about a month over a month since I got the second shot like everything's good I'm still gonna wear masks I'm still gonna socially distance but I do want to go to games again and I'm looking forward to a football game in October I'm looking forward to hopefully going back to my minor league hockey games those were just so much fun and um, thankfully most of the time I get free tickets to that which not great for the revenue, I guess, but great for me because I get to see more games. Um, we have a, a soccer stadium that's being built in Austin for a major league men's team. So I am, I'm pumped to get back to that type of stuff, but I am still going to be cautious and I'm not going to consistently, I'm not going to go all the time, um, but I am vaccinated. So I'm not super worried about it. In a sense, I'm still going to take the other precautions on top of the vaccine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, Haley will be visiting us in, in October. So we don't know what, uh, you know, the N- if the NHL will have started by then, if the Bruins will be at home, maybe the Providence Bruins will be at home. Lauren and I are going to find out a way to, to get Haley to a, a hockey game around here for sure. So we're, we're excited for that. Before we kind of wrap things up uh, for the, you know, for this episode, want to just, you know, do what we usually do and, and kind of go around the league and, you know, see what teams are, are hot right now that are really impressing us and, and who's really letting us down. So Jake, since it has been uh, a while since you've been on with us, want to go to you first, my friend, you know, what teams have been really 
letting you down over the, this last, uh, well, for you, it can be the whole season. For us, it's just the last week. But, uh, you know, who's impressing you and who's kind of letting you down around the league? So remember what I said earlier that I had a little something for John Tortorello? Yes. Well, this is it. So this is the big bad story of John Tortorella, Patrick Laine, and the sad, sad story of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, so this season, Torts has been, you know, and in past seasons, he's been this way, but he's been kind of like a powerhouse. You know, he, he, he's looking for power. He's, he's kind of coming off as a megalomaniac to me. And he, ha- he has all the right reasons to. He's been successful in his career. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's been a very good coach, and he's honestly one of the top coaches in the league. But there is a problem. Something is not going well in Columbus. Players are not responding to him the way that he would like them to. And the problem here is that at the beginning of the season, we saw Pierre-Luc Dubois really voice his frustrations with what's going on. He wanted out. He didn't say why. He just said, I want it out. He aired a little bit, but he just said, get me out of here. And after getting benched by Torts, he was held out and then traded for Patrick Laine. And now all of a sudden Patrick Laine comes in and while he's been good offensively, he's been absolutely terrible on the defensive end, even to the point where he got benched. And now it's all of a sudden becoming the argument can Torts handle a superstar? You know, being Boston's fans, we hear this all the time with Brad Stevens and how the Celtics go. But this is for the NHL purposes of can John Tortorello hand, hand or John Tortorello, excuse me, really handle a star player? Now, over the past few seasons, uh, after the 2019 playoff run specifically, where they got knocked out in six to the Boston Bruins, we saw Matt Duchesne, who was really kind of meh now that we think about it in hindsight. He goes off and signs with Nashville. Sergei Bobrovsky, he goes down to the Florida Panthers, kind of has a terrible season last year, but now all of a sudden he seemed to find his renaissance late in his career, and he's actually been phenomenal this season. And then Artemi Panarin, he just went off and went to the New York Rangers. An even arguably worse team in a bad position, he decided to go to the Rangers. You may argue that he wanted to get paid, but the Columbus Blue Jackets were in a good position. They just went to the second round of the playoffs and lost in six. And none of those three guys wanted to come back and play for torts. Well, that's okay. You got this rookie in Pierre-Luc Dubois, who now two years later is gone. You have Patrick Milani to replace him, but he's just struggling. And, you know, for all the struggles that Patrick Laine has had, it's also transgressed to the entire Blue Jackets. They've been blowing games left and right. They can't seem to find any consistency. This team really has no chemistry. There's no clear leader. It just seems like a ragtag group of guys who threw on some skates and found some sticks and decided to go out into the NHL ice. I I mean, they they just don't look good. They haven't looked good. And this is not the team that I expected when I saw that Patrick Laine was coming in to replace the, the, the dare I say, cancerous Pierre-Luc Dubois and that Torts was going to figure it out. Well, that, 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 that hasn't happened. For some reason, some way that whatever Torts is doing, is, it's, not, it's not responding to these guys. These guys do not want to play for him, what it seems to be. And it's it just, how, how do you get them to respond? Torts needs to get them to respond. But they did do a move yesterday that I really liked. And they traded away a backup goalie for 27-year-old defenseman, Miko Lettinen. 
He was a defenseman for the Maple Leafs. And I believe if given a chance, like he wasn't with the Maple Leafs, he could come in and be a you know, top six defenseman for this team that really needs help defensively. But that's yet to be seen. However, offensively, he, was, he helped quarterback the Leafs' uh, second-line power play. And he's, he's uh, put up a ton of shots in the chances that he was given. And I think he has like uh, three points in the four games that he played. But he, 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 was, he was good offensively. He generated chances, he generated shots, and he generated goals and assists. And, and that's all you can ask for, especially from a defenseman. So if he can come in and, and, and play good defense, I think that's going to address some issues that this team is dealing with. But it's going to go far, far, far beyond just defensive play. It's going to boil down to this coaching staff. And if these guys can't respond and get together and mesh and build some chemistry, and John Tortorella can't do anything as a coach to get them to I think this is going to be a team that is going to be drastically different come next season to the point that they might be looking for a new head coach yeah uh, first and foremost Jake we missed your analysis on Snipe and Selly welcome back and this was a topic that we covered in a previous episode uh all of us kind of uh, had a consensus that we didn't think that John Tortorella would be let go mid-season but there was definitely a chance that he wasn't retained next year if uh, if things don't improve for the Blue Jackets. And since we recorded that episode, things have not improve, improved for the Blue Jackets. So he's definitely skating on thin ice, uh, pun intended. So uh, yeah, I mean it's it'll it definitely bears watching moving forward. So you know, thank you very much for that, Lauren. I want to go to you. You know, over the this uh, this last week or so, uh, you know, who's kind of impressed you and and who's you know letting you down? Are you as disappointed in the Columbus Blue Jackets and John Tortorella as Jake is. (laughs) I am because, you know, Jake said it. Tortorella is, he's a well-decorated coach. You know, he's well-known. He's a Stanley Cup champion. And it seemed like people wanted to play for him. And now it just seems like it's the exact opposite. And you have Patrick Laine being like, I thought I was playing well, but I guess not. Like, whatever. And I was like, that just doesn't bode well. Like, that's, I feel like Tortorella is a very petty man and he will bench him just because he said that. Um, but, you know, they have to figure it out. You have a, a pretty good lineup there. You have a good coach and there's a disconnect somewhere. And I mean, I think it's obvious that it is Tortorella, but I mean, you got to get through the, the rest of the season or something. Um, just there, you know, Jake pointed out perfectly, these good players left the the Blue Jackets for sometimes a, a worse team and if they're happier then that's great that you don't want you know you don't want Artemi Panarin on the Blue Jackets going through what he just did with everything over in Russia I feel like Tortorella wouldn't be supportive of that I feel like he would be rude to the media about it I feel like he would just be very mom and that's fine like that should that should be you know handled in-house just be kept quiet but I I feel like something like that wouldn't have gone as well as it did with the Rangers, uh, with the Blue Jackets, like it did with the Rangers. Um, But for teams that are disappointing and or impressing me, really, uh, the the Rangers are one of them. I don't think they're a playoff team, but they are playing really good hockey. And so are the, I think the the Hurricanes, um, I think they're like killing it right now. Um, I don't have the standings right in front of me. But I just feel like I've seen them a lot lately, 
like just all over Twitter, all over like just news and stuff. Um, and the Bruins are kind of disappointing me too, just because, I mean, I not, I don't really, I'm saying this like loosely because they have a ton of injuries. Half their defense is depleted right now with, with injuries. Um, but it's just, it's frustrating to see Cassidy's frustrated. Um, but they are a good team. I think now it's just a matter of they're, they're injured and they're just trying to fill the holes. So they get, they get an asterisk disappointed this week. <laughs> they got a, a partially disappointed. I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Hales, we'll go over to you next. Uh, you know, who's, you know, who's impressing you over this last week or so, uh, you know, who, who, who you guess kind of, you know, do the, uh, the, the uh, PU emoji, uh, you know, who's, uh, uh, you know, what, what, uh, where do the team stand with you? So obviously the Flyers are still on my disappointment list. Um, they're like fifth now in the division, I believe. Like at this point, they're at risk for not even making the playoffs. And I mean, it's still, there's still time. There's still time for them to be good. And, to get there but I just feel like they started off hot and then they're just kind of on this hill slowly decline because they still have some pretty great like amazing games where they play like they should but overall I'm still disappointed in them um and of course the Sharks the four Sharks uh but I did my husband did want me to shout out to one of the Sharks players so I know that the Sharks are listening right and my husband wanted to to talk to uh Patrick Marlou and, you know, because he's 18 games away from breaking the all-time list of Gordie Howe's record for most games. So he wanted him to know that, you know, he's rooting for him and <laughs> that he's a big fan. This is what we talked about today, by the way. <laughs> um, I was like, I literally ran out there to ask him again, like, wait, what what record? Like, <laughs> who did you want me to shout out again? Sorry, I apologize, Patrick Marlowe, but yes. Anyways, even though they're they're kind of disappointing this season, and by kind of I mean a lot, we have to shout out that they still have accomplishments being made by members of those teams. There are still people on that team playing really well. Um, you know, still the Panthers. Looking at these standings, it's like crazy to me that the Panthers are still number two in their division because I honestly forget that they're an NHL team, which is really rude. And I apologize, but I totally like never remember them for some reason. And of course, the I know Lauren mentioned the Hurricanes. They're actually number three in that division now. So um, they are playing really well. I haven't caught a lot of games lately. So I was just looking at the standings. I see that um, the Golden Knights are on the top of the West division, which is great for them. But, you know, their helmets and their jerseys, I just can't root for them. <laughs> They're so bad, and apparently it's working for them because they're number one in their division. So they're on the top. They're on the good list. Um, and I was honestly surprised by the Jets being number two in the in the North Division because I don't really know much about the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know if they're normally one of the better Canadian teams. So I was kind of surprised to see them number two when I was just looking at the standings. I haven't looked at the standings in a while, so I don't remember where they were last time I looked, but they definitely weren't in the top two. Yeah, they're they're very hot right now. Winnipeg is seven two and one in their last ten games. They they're breathing down Toronto's necks. Uh, like you know, yeah. if okay, listen 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 right now. Do you hear that? <laughs> that sound 
of the Toronto Maple Leafs crashing back to earth. <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they're in their last 10 games, they're, they're five and five, but uh, I think they've lost five out of their last eight games. Uh, you know, they have rapidly lost ground on both Winnipeg and Edmonton. Uh, both those teams are just four points behind them. Uh, Toronto, and yes, Austin Matthews is de- dealing with a little bit of a wrist inju- injury, but he's still playing. Uh, so I, Toronto, their, their play is starting to regress a little bit, uh, you know, despite having you know, very little competition around them. So uh, you know, it bears watching in the Scotia North Division. But yeah, Winnipeg looks very good right now, Hales, I agree. And listen, the Sharks, they've actually won three in a row as well, and they've kind of crept back into the edge of, of uh, playoff possibility over there in that Honda West Division. I actually, that might be my favorite division to watch right now. The Honda West division, there's a lot of teams that are, uh, you, know, you know, just trying to, to find their way into the playoffs. You know, the Kings are only four points out. I believe Jake had them in the playoffs back in our preview. Uh, you know, the, the Coyotes are still kind of hanging around. Uh, the Sharks are now just seven points out of a playoff spot. Uh, you know, you, you go on a little bit of a hot streak and, you know, maybe cut that to like three or four points. Again, they're, they're, they're floating around playoff uh, probability. So, uh, with the exception of the Ducks. The Ducks are pretty much out of it. Uh, you know, they, and I have something to talk about with the Ducks uh, coming up here in, in empty netters. But yeah, I mean, listen, the Discover Central Division is just nuts because you have the, the Hurricanes have won seven in a row. Uh, the Panthers have won three in a row and they're tied with the, the Lightning at uh, top of the division with 40 points. The Lightning have gone eight and one one in their last 10. I mean, that's just a hot, uh, top heavy division right now. And you have even Chicago separating itself from the, the rest of that playoff pack. I mean, Columbus is drastically falling out of contention. Nashville stinks. And the Stars, when they're able to still play games, they're just so mediocre. Uh, you know, they, they have six overtime losses. Like, they, you know, they, they're missing out on valuable points with all these OT losses. So that's, that's going to be it a fascinating division to watch as well as things kind of heat up. Uh, you have teams kind of fighting for seeding over there in the discover central. Uh, but I got to talk about my aisles. They are nine. Oh, and one in their last 10 games. They've won eight in a row. They are peaking at the right time. And so shout out to my aisles. Uh, they, you know, continue to use the Bruins as a punching bag. Maybe things will change when the game shift from long Island to Boston. I hope that that's the case, but uh, yeah, they are definitely impressing me right now, as well as Pittsburgh. The last team that I'll touch on here before we kind of wrap up, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, you know, if if I wasn't going to mention it, I'm sure Lauren would have brought it back up. Uh, they are just the absolute worst team in all of hockey. Some idiot picked them to make the playoffs on this podcast, and he's talking right now. They have given up a league-worst 121 goals in 30 games. Do the rough math. That's over four goals a game. Uh, you know, they traded for Matt Murray uh, in, in the offseason. That was supposed to you know, help uh, settle them down. And it's not all his fault because they just, uh, that, that roster is just underperforming drastically. But, I mean, he has not been good. And you know, this team, they're making me look bad. So, uh, you know, I've kind of – I've lost all hope there. They're definitely not making the postseason. They're 12 points behind Montreal uh, for the fourth and final playoff spot. Uh, but yeah, for them, it's, they might get the, the top pick in the NHL draft. So, uh, you know, it's between them and Anaheim and maybe 
Uh, Buffalo too. Buffalo also sucks. Uh, so uh, yeah, Buffalo sucks. Jack Eichel is going to be out forever. It seems like, I hope he gets well soon, but uh, yeah, th- there's been some separation between some, uh, some pretenders and some contenders at the moment. So we'll have to see how, uh, how things shake out moving forward. But uh, yeah, yeah, I could not be more disappointed in the senators for making me look bad. That's pretty much the only reason for making me look bad. But that's going to pretty much do it for our show. So I wanted to go around to our crew and get some empty netters for them. And I, again, I have one queued up, but I want to go around first. So Lauren, we'll start with you. Do you have an empty netter for us today? I do. And this has zero to do with the NHL. Um, but as we were recording, Drew Brees announced his official retirement. And I just feel like part of my childhood is ending just because it's growing up. It was Brees, Brady. You always knew what Drew Brees what, yeah, he was like, you just knew who Drew Brees was. And I, um, I knew that it was, I mean, we all knew that he, he was going to retire probably this year. It was very widely speculated. And now that it's official, I was like, oh, I'm getting old. Like my favorites are retiring. We are getting old. Like it, it is crazy because Pey- you know, Peyton Manning's been retired a few years now. Uh, Philip Rivers is gone. Uh, Eli's gone. Now Drew Brees, uh, you know, I mean, we'll all still be uh, approaching retirement age ourselves, and Tom Brady will still be playing football. At least we have that to rely on. He's never going to retire, but everyone else seems to be, and I wish Big Ben would retire, to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, shout out to Drew Brees. Uh, Hales, do you have an empty netter for us today? I just want to you know, reiterate to Patrick Marlowe that we're rooting for you. It'd be cool if you could uh, tweet us for my husband. Just saying. Yeah, a fantastic career for Patrick Marlowe. Uh, you know, he had that brief period of time with the Maple Leafs. Well, no one will remember that. Like, you know, <laughs> like he, he's a shark. Uh, you know, we'll just kind of cancel that part of his career out. Uh, yeah, so congrats to Marlowe for having a, just a tremendous career. And approaching on, on Gordie Howe's record for games played is definitely no small feat. Yeah, I think my husband might need a Marlowe jersey. So there you just- go. Should enter the giveaway if uh, w- when we have one. He should. He has a Twitter and he really just uses it to retweet my stuff anyway. So (laughs) he can use it to join in this time. There you go. Jake, how about yourself, my friend, in your just again, welcome back, uh, the welcome back Jake episode. I I think we might have to name the episode welcome back, Jake. Uh, So do you have an empty netter for us today? Well, it's great to hear all of your lovely voices again and be back and doing this and having fun. But uh, I'm about to try a sushi burrito from this place called Pika Bowl. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's going to be spicy tuna with a, um, I, I, I have no idea how to pronounce like half of these words. Uh, pretty much it's just sushi rolls wrapped in rice, wrapped in a burrito. It's like Mexican and, and Asian all rolled into one. And I'm not sure what to expect because apparently the beans were cooked in soy sauce. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it sounded good. So I'm going to get it. Uh, well, for, first and foremost, definitely keep, keep us apprised of the situation. I, 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 I will. And for all of our listeners, tune in next episode to see if Jake got food poisoning from this or if it was the greatest thing he ever tasted. I feel like <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. I don't think there's going to be anything in the middle there. No, it, it, I, I have high hopes because apparently it's good, but um, sushi burrito, like I, 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 I don't know. Cause it has carnitas in it too. So like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like raw fish and carnitas. I'm not sure if that's going to mix well, but we'll see. 
Yeah, we you're treading on some dangerous ground there, Jake. So we, uh, I'm I'm praying for your stomach. I hope that I hope that it's good because then if it's good, maybe I'll see if I can try it myself. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated on that. Please do. Uh, as for my empty netter, I want to circle back to a team that I mentioned was disappointing me, and that is the Anaheim Ducks, specifically their treatment of uh, of USA hockey hero and top prospect uh, Trevor Zegras. So he has been uh, on the taxi squad uh, for them. He's been called up a couple times to, to play games, a bright young, uh, young prospect in their system. And the Ducks are basically trying to find a way to keep him from playing more games while they desperately need talent on the ice in order to prevent a year of his entry-level contract from coming off the books. I mean, come on. Uh, this is disgraceful by the Ducks. This is a, a, a prospect that your fans want to see, uh, hockey fans want to see because of uh, his exploits in the World Junior Championships. And you want to see if you can you know, keep him from playing games so that you can uh, you know, keep him from reaching restricted free agency for another year. I mean, give me a break. First and foremost, the way that restricted free agency is structured in the NHL, teams rarely lose their restricted free agents anyway. Uh, like it's very rare that you see an offer sheet put in. So even if you burned one of those years and he re- reaches RFA status sooner, he, it's not like he's going anywhere. You need to give him experience. You need to, uh, to have him play on the highest stage, continue to, to develop his game. I just think it's ridiculous that they're keeping him from playing games. Uh, on a, again, we talked about uh, how I disliked the Lightning using a technicality to avoid uh, having Kucherov's cap hit on their books. I dislike the, the Ducks here for you know, trying to avoid a, a player getting to free agency sooner. Just play your best players. I'm a fan. I want to see the best players out there on the ice, and I want to see Trevor Zegras on the ice. So, Ducks, if you're listening, and again, we know you are, get Zegras on the ice. Uh, you know, let him get the experience he needs. I'm, I'm very bothered by this. And bring back the old Mighty Ducks uh, logos and jerseys, too, while, we're at it, while I'm, I'm ranting about you. So bring those back as well. But that's going to do it for uh, this episode as I end on a little rant there. I want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share with our listeners where they can be found online. So we'll start with our conquering returning hero first, the prodigal son who's returned, Mr. Jacob Hughes. Where can our listeners find you online, sir? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at JakeyPooBear1 or Instagram at JKSnake20. Or if you really want to try to find me, you can find me in my room playing the Batman Arkham series. So, Listen, I know that the JakeyPooBear1 <laughs> handle was invented because of uh, you, know, you getting in hot water with uh, the, the, you know, the Twitterverse. I think you need to switch the Instagram handle to that as well. Just go steer fully into the JakeyPooBear1. <sighs> yeah. You know what? I will. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Jakey Pooh Bear One. How's that? There we go. There we go. We're making moves live on the pod. Love that. Yeah, definitely give Jake a follow. Uh, We're very, again, very, very happy to have him back. Lauren, we'll go to you next. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, Where else can they listen to you? Where can they read your work for both Nesson and maybe for FTF as well? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at la 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 Lauren, three laws, and then Lauren with four R's. Uh, you can also hear me on the Stealing Second Pod here on FTF. And you can find any of my work on Nesson.com. Obviously doing a lot of Bruin stuff right now and NWHL stuff that's back. 
So definitely check that out. And you can also start to find my stuff on fgfmedia.com. It's a column that I am writing. It's called Campbell Soup of the Day because haha, my last name sounds like soup. Um, so I've been, I just started my first column. I, I, my first column has been published. Um, so look out for more of those as well. We have some time. We have about, uh, by my rough math, about 17 months uh, until we need to consider a name change for your column, Lauren. But for now, yes, it'll be uh, Campbell's Soup of the Day. Yes. Yeah, we got plenty of time to figure that out. <laughs> I, I hate to interject, and this is totally off topic, but um, the Saints just signed Taysom Hill to a four-year, $140 million extension. My you got to kidding me. No, no. I just, no, they just did. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is just addicted to Taysom Hill. He cannot get himself enough Taysom Hill. Oh my God! Forty million dollars. Congrats, Taysom Hill. Congrats to a known NHL fan, <laughs> Taysom Hill. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who his favorite hockey team is. Oh Tweet my us, God! That's, let us know. Yeah, exactly. Let us know. Oh my God! That's nuts. Uh, so Haley. Where can our listeners find you online uh, and where else can they listen to you? Uh, you know, you need to start just writing it down uh, because there's a ton of places that you need to tell our listeners about. Yeah, I'm going to start with Gridiron Girls because we just mentioned football and Candy and I co-host Gridiron Girls, which will be coming back in the draft free agency type period, um, maybe sooner with all this crazy news coming out. But you can find that at Girls Gridiron on Twitter, Gridiron Girls Pod on Instagram. I also co-host and co-run social media for the Fierce and Flawed podcast with Carly. And you can find that Fierce and Flawed on Twitter and Fierce and Flawed pod on Instagram. For me personally, you can find me at CSI Haley on Instagram and Twitter or CSI Haley 91 on TikTok. Also for the fansmedia.com, make sure you're checking that out for all of us. And if you are into baking in any way or cooking, then check out my mom's uh, video blogs for her series called Fully Baked. She just debuted an article and video blog for an easy bread recipe. So if you ever wanted to learn how to make bread, um, it's a pretty easy recipe. So go ahead and go watch that and follow along and you'll have really delicious bread, I promise. Yeah, we love having uh, Haley's mom doing these uh, FTF Fully Baked uh, video blogs for us. Uh, I'm, I'm someone who I, at the start of quarantine, I think I, there was a sourdough craze going on and I'm like, I'm going to make sourdough bread too. And then I never ended up doing it. Uh, I'm going to try this bread recipe instead. So uh, everyone else do the same. Go uh, visit F uh, for the fans, read Lauren's article, watch Haley's mom's video, and then, you know, check out some of our amazing content there as well. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Pacelli13. That is P-I-S-E-L-L-I. -L -L you can also hear me on NerdPod. Uh, we just recorded a really cool episode the other day, uh, you know, kind of going into the March Madness craze. We did a, a tournament uh, bracket for uh, our favorite nerdy characters. So uh, that'll be a multi-episode series. So definitely go check that out. I can also be viewed on... Uh, I can also be heard on Views from the Rafters, uh, our FTF Media basketball podcast. And you can catch me on Fierce and Flawed as well with Haley. So uh, again, check out ForTheFansMedia.com uh, and you can just get a ton of tremendous content there as well. But 
that is going to do it for us for this episode. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you join us again next week. And until then, enjoy the action on the ice. Bye, everybody. Thank you.